Welcome to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast, the podcast for special educators who are looking for personal and professional development. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Reeve. For more than 20 years, I've worn lots of hats in special education, but my real love is helping special educators like you. This podcast will give you tips and ways to implement research-based practices in a practical way in your classroom to make your job easier and more effective. Welcome back to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast. I am so glad you have joined us today. I am Chris Reeve, and I'm your host. And I want to spend the next couple episodes talking about communication, some of the things we see for individuals who have difficulty with communication, and some things that we need to think about in working with our students who have communication difficulties. And communication difficulties may occur as an isolated problem, like a student with a speech and language disorder. It can also be part of autism spectrum disorder, as we know communication is a hallmark of that. But we also see communication issues in many of our students with intellectual disability. I see it sometimes even with students with our emotional behavior disorders, uh, because one of the reasons that their behavior is happening is because they have a hard time expressing themselves effectively. So, This is really going to focus on all kinds of different communication issues. And what I want to talk about today is going to focus on those students who need to talk, talk more, expand how they're talking, um, and, and really using their language in an everyday environment. And I'm going to start by talking this week about it broadly and what we need to think about in terms of our classroom and the way we interact with our students. And then I'll be back next week and we'll talk some about how to get everybody on the staff on board with this. Uh, And then I will talk about in future episodes about ways that we can actually implement different strategies to increase our students' ability to communicate, communicate effectively, and communicate efficiently. So today's question that I want to ask you really is, have you ever stopped in your classroom and just stopped, just stopped making noise completely? Um, my question is to challenge you to stop and listen in your classroom and see what you hear. Because it's hard to get language from our students if we're always talking. So today's focus is going to be on five reasons to talk less in the special education classroom. And when we do talk, I will also talk about how we should be talking. Now, let me take just a quick minute to let you know that if you are working with students that you're trying to figure out how to deal with communication issues, the Special Educator Academy has an entire course on teaching communication skills, as well as a number of other workshops and training tools for your staff. So you can hop over to specialeducatoracademy.com and grab a seven-day free trial to give it to try it out. And you will find that link in the show notes as well. So let's get started. 
I would say that most of us in special education know the importance of modeling language for our students, modeling good communication skills, just like we model good behavior skills, and really trying to provide an enriched environment of language and communication for our students. This is certainly something you hear a lot about, especially in the early ages, but it's no less important than in our high school and adult populations as well. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we should always be talking. And, you know, when we couple our desire to model language, and then we add in the reminders, the directions, the prompts, and all the other things that we use to keep our students on task and engaged and things like that, we have a lot of adult talking going on in our classrooms. And it's very interesting sometimes when you ask everybody in the classroom, all the adults, just be quiet to see what you hear, or you just stop talking and see what you hear. So that challenge I issued at the beginning, if you do that in your classroom, is most of what you hear in language and communication your staff, or is it your students? Uh, If your students are nonverbal, are you seeing them communicate? Are they getting lots of opportunities for that? Because here's the thing. If we're talking all the time, we're not giving our students the opportunity to practice their skills. And modeling without rehearsal and practice is not going to be terribly effective for most of our students. They have to learn how to do this by encountering the consequences of doing it. Students learn to communicate just the same way little kids do, where they do something, it gets a response, and they continue to do it if they like that response. So it gets that by its reinforcement. The other piece of that challenge that I want you to think about is what do you hear the adults saying? Because a lot of times when we hear the adults talking, what we're hearing and thinking about isn't really modeling for our students. We're not using the language that we want our students to use. We're using directions and prompts and redirections and discussions. We're doing a lot of talking, but it isn't really the language that we want to hear our students give back to us. So within that challenge, as you listen to your classroom, what language are you hearing? What are you hearing the adults say? So along those same lines, we need to be using our language in a judicious way, meaning that we're selective about it, and that what we're using really highlights those models for our students. So today I'm going to share five reasons why this is so important and why sometimes it's important to be quiet rather than talking in our classroom. And I I refer to it as why we need to have less talking and more listening. But it also reminds me of the Hamilton uh, song of talk less, smile more. Uh, And I think that that is also probably a good idea. So the first reason that we need to talk less and smile more is because we need to listen. 
communication is a two-way street. If we're not listening to our students, and sometimes that means really having to focus in and watch them because maybe their communication is nonverbal. Maybe their communication is soft. Maybe their communication is indirect. We have to really work at listening to them. But if they're trying to communicate with us and we aren't listening, then they're not going to continue to do that. They're not going to continue. So we need to listen to them to give them that opportunity, but we also need to listen to them because we need to model listening. We want our students to be able to listen to others too. So we have to make sure that we're modeling that as well. The second thing that is the reason you want to talk less is because that leaves time for what we call expectant waiting. For many of our students, language is really difficult to process and speech or other kinds of communication is hard to formulate. Consequently, they need time to process the information from our language in order to formulate a response. And that means that we need to wait quietly. If you've ever had someone ask you a question and then immediately start talking before you could answer it, you know how hard that is. That's really aggravating. It's like they don't value your answer enough to wait for it. We don't want to send that message to our students. We don't want to send the message that we are trying to communicate for them. So we need to wait. And oftentimes we get more communication because we've given that silence. And that's true whether our students are verbal or not. I find it's true with online learning. When I'm working with students, I find that when I'm working with students in an online classroom or I'm working with academy members, I have learned that if I just am quiet for longer than sometimes I feel comfortable with, people are more likely to contribute to a discussion than if I just wait a few seconds and then keep going. And that sometimes feels uncomfortable to me. Expectant waiting sometimes feels uncomfortable and that's okay. It's an awkward pause at times, but we need to make peace with it. The third reason we need to be quiet is we need to make sure that we're modeling only the right language. And by the right language, I don't mean whether or not it's appropriate, whether or not I'm not assuming that people are using inappropriate language. I mean that we need to be modeling language that is only one or two steps ahead of where that student is communicating. So if Mandy is talking in two word phrases, we're modeling what we want her to say in three word phrases, not in complex sentences that explain what to do or comment on what's going on. If we're working on Jake commenting on activities in his environment, then we would model commenting for him. Look, it's yellow, not, oh, look, it's a yellow duck. It says quack, quack and swims in the water. That's way too much language. Um, and he, he lost you part of the way through that. So we want our models to be really clear. We always want to keep our models one or two steps ahead of the student. Um, so talk with speech and language pathologists as a team with the educators on the team to determine what that looks like. Along those same lines, we often forget that our students that use augmentative communication strategies or devices, we also need to model their AAC strategy. So if that's the picture exchange communication system, we need to pair pictures with our language as well. If it's a speech generating device, then we need to model and use the device to create language the way that they would. That way, we're typically always pairing speech with that model 
but we need to make sure that we're really minimizing our language and focusing on what we want to hear from them. That's what a model is. Number four is that silence enriches language. So for some, I know it seems to be the opposite. Decreasing our speech and language can help highlight when we do speak. If we talk all the time, people stop listening. Uh, If you've ever known a person in a group activity who doesn't say much, but when he does, people stop and listen, that's how we want adults to be in our classroom. If we're talking all the time, people, including our students, stop listening. The more that we use our speech only when it's needed and in a thoughtful manner regarding what we're saying and how we say it, the more attention students will learn to pay to our models. And finally, number five is we want to avoid our students becoming dependent on our verbal prompts. Uh, One of the elements we have to be very careful about for many of our students with autism, but I would contend it's true for many of our students in special ed who are surrounded by lots of people helping them, is that we don't want to pair our verbal directions with a task in such a way that it becomes part of the steps of doing the task. So if I'm teaching Jenny to wash her hands and I tell her each step, then I might be surprised to find that when I tell her to wash her hands and don't tell her each step, she stalls out in the middle of the task because she's waiting for my verbal prompt. Similarly, talking about those steps while that is commenting, if we want her to comment, that might be a model. But if she's still working on requesting, that's probably not the language that we want to model for her. Often our students don't focus on the relevant cues in learning a task and they learn the wrong thing. So instead, my telling Jenny to get the soap instead of Jenny connecting, I got my hands wet, the water is running, that means I need to put soap on my hands. That's how we learn to do tasks with fluency without thinking about them. That's what takes us to the next step in our task analysis. We want to make sure that we're using language in a way that facilitates independence. And when we verbally walk a student through a task, we're doing the opposite and they learn to focus on that. So we're better off giving the direction for the whole task instead of verbally telling them each step and having them do that each time they do the task. Now, if you have a student who's working on commenting or describing their actions, certainly you can stop periodically and say, what did you just do? And get that response from them. But remember that we're trying to get a response from them. Oh, you're washing your hands. What were you doing? Oh, you were washing your hands. It's also why we use only nonverbal prompts at independent work systems. That's another podcast. So there's lots of issues about talking in the classroom Um, that we want to think about in terms of how we use our language, when we use our language. We also want to think about the fact that as a bonus reason, if we're talking, other students aren't talking to our student. If we're talking, we are filling the silence that might be filled by students talking to each other. And that's certainly one of the places that we're trying to get. So I'm certainly not advocating that we should not talk to our students or that we shouldn't give them directions. Obviously, we have to do that. But we have to strike a balance. And research indicates that people talk less to people who are nonverbal, meaning that those who need to hear models most hear them less. They don't talk to them. They talk around them. And that's what we sometimes hear a lot of our language be in our classroom. And so I will talk more about that kind of issue and more in the upcoming 
episodes, but I am saying that we need just to take a moment periodically, think about what we're saying, think about how we're using language, and thinking about the language that takes place in our class. I would love to hear what you found when you stopped and listened in your classroom. If you were, if you're an educator, hop over to the free Facebook group at specialeducatorsconnection.com and definitely share that with us. I would absolutely love to have discussions around that. Uh, and you can also just message me on Instagram or Facebook and share those thoughts because I think it would be really interesting to hear what everyone's hearing in their classroom. Thanks so much for joining me. I hope you'll join us next week for more talks about communication. And I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you for everything you do. 